Welcome back to Live Bold and Boss Up. It's your girls, Steph and Ash. And today we have the pleasure of chatting with Audrey McGuckin. She's the CEO, founder of the McGuckin Group. She's also an up and coming author of Reclaiming the Fire in Your Belly. She has a podcast as well. She has an amazing story and an amazing accent. Um, So get your listening (laughs) ready because you're going to love listening to her. Yes. She just has a beautiful story of, of, of owning it. Yes. And her success and just, it wasn't by luck or by chance, but she did it and she owned it. And I love that. And it's wonderful to hear her story of where she came from and where she is now to really show you that it's possible. And she's really trying to raise the bar with closing the gap on the the gender gap the gender gap right which is it's i didn't realize she states a fact in here that we won't close that gap for another 130 years did she say mm-hmm. that just floored me i didn't realize that that would be the length of time it would take to close that gap so her company is all about closing that period of time in cutting that in half which I think is wonderful. There's an event that we're going to, that she's hosting where executives from eBay will be there, L'Oreal, several other large organizations to hear these women's stories, to tell the story. And um, it's in Tampa, Florida, August 24th in our show notes. So you know where to go to get tickets. We'll be there. Come say hi to us. Can you hear us okay? Yeah, we sound good. Oh, fantastic. There we go. By the way, I have to ask you, on your website, when you click on the About link, that picture with the umbrellas, tell me that's from Newport, Rhode Island. Ah! (laughs) It is! I knew it. I was just there like two weeks ago. And I took the same picture with my mom and my aunt and the family. And we were just, we're like, oh my God, this is so beautiful. Let's take a picture. And then I see that. I was like, oh, that's gotta be the same one. That's funny. Yeah, have fun. It's beautiful. Basically, we want to, you, you have so many things going on. So we want to chat about you, what you're doing. You have the podcast, you have an upcoming book, you have an event coming up. But you, you know, talking about your history and what what you do and like how you got into it, because I saw that you were you were always in talent development. Right. And and just like improving yourself in business and just kind of chatting about that. Right. And like how you got to where you are and and specializing in that and just kind of having a free flowing conversation because what you you you're doing amazing things like I see your posts on LinkedIn and just everything that you're doing is very inspirational right people want to know about yeah how how you're doing what you're doing and and tips right like our listeners love to hear those juicy tips on like okay what can they do to to start improving certain things Mm. yeah I love it let's do it Nice. Oh, tell us about the event, because that was one of the things that we wanted to chat with you about before. And we wanted to make sure this got out to the listeners so that they can hear about your event and join if they need to. Tell us about the event. Is this the second annual? What what number is this for you? I, you have a lot of events going on. So this one in particular, what is it called and, and why should should we go? Why should we attend? What's it about? 
Yeah. So this particular one is um, Women on Their Way Summit. It's our first, but we acquired Mary Key Associates and she did one last year. So um, it's a little bit of a transition. Um, The theme for the event is authenticity, the leader in you. And it's this idea of there's a double bind for women leaders. Um, On the one hand, you know, we're we're trying to be our authentic self. And how do we show up um, being who we are as real people? And yet there's an expectation in the workplace that's different and we're held to a different standard from men. So we do a lot of blind performance review analysis and you know what we'll find for performance reviews for women there's words in there like you're very emotional um you you know you get overexcited when you're delivering your message or you're too aggressive and then when we read the performance reviews for men it's like you were very assertive and getting to your business goals and you said the right thing by being honest and upfront and and so there's different standards that were held to and we don't go back to bashing the men or judging the men but rather it's just societal issues and it's societal biases But the manifestation of that is that we're held to different standards. And so a long way of saying the conference is about creating a space for women leaders to be able to tell their authentic stories. Because when you can practice telling your story in a safe place, it helps you tell your story to others. And when you can tell your story, it can often inspire others who've not went on that journey of telling their story. And storytelling is one of the most powerful ways to engage your teams, your stakeholders, your customers, all of that. So it's a big capability that can help us go further. I love that. Um, Audrey, we can, I definitely want to get more into that and, and hear more about it, but I feel like we need to take a step back, back for a second and Obviously, you have had a very successful career. You now have started your own company. But before that, you were in the corporate world for a very large company, leading um, people and talent and working with C-level executives for a very large corporation. Like, how did how did you get to where you are? How did you get to that and like learn everything that you're now teaching others? How did you gain that wisdom? Yeah. and I'm just so interested in this. I love that question. And, you know, what you've described, Stephanie, is where I was in a point in time, but that's not really my story. What really is my story is I grew up in Scotland in a small mining village um, where there was a very guttural um, use of language that outside of there is quite hard to understand. When I take my daughters back to my hometown and we're with my friends, they'll say, what did they say? And so I grew up um, 16 years old. I left school and I went to work in a factory. And I was a blue collar worker for a number of years, um, working wow. overtime and trying to buy a car. And I didn't really have any money. and. Um, just really on this wheel 
Um, but I always knew in my belly and I always knew this wasn't where I was supposed to be. And so, you know, I started preparing um, for my role at a C-suite level in a $30 billion company with responsibility for a quarter of a million employees early on in my career. Um, one of the interesting things that, that we that we hear, Ashley and Stephanie, people, especially women say is, I was kind of lucky. I was in the right place at the right time. And I used to say that, and I used to downplay it when I would go home to Scotland. But now I don't. Now I say I was preparing for that for years. I was preparing for that for decades. And I wasn't lucky. It was because of sheer hard work. It was because I was strategic about my career. And it was because I made some bold moves and I took some risks that I found myself in that amazing position in an organization. And, you know, that's part of my story and, and it's part of my journey. And it's why I care so deeply about coaching other women to say, you know, what's your story? Where is your starting point? Where do you want to get to? And what might be getting in your way? And often it can be a mindset versus anything else. Mm-hmm. No, totally. So that's a long way to answer your question, Stephanie. That's, that was so great. And I love that you owned it. Like you owned your success. It wasn't by luck or by chance. You owned it and you you were bold and you took the steps. And because of what you did is how you got to where you are today. Which, yeah. That's amazing. And, you know, I often get asked, what steps did you take? You know, one of the first things I did, I was, I was 18. I didn't have a car. Um, I was in a small village. I knew my accent was going to hold me back at some point because it, my accent was different to what it is right now. And so I found a speech therapist. I had to get three public buses into Edinburgh um, two nights a week for six months. I had to climb uh, 10 stories to get to this old lady's um, room where she would teach me enunciation without losing my Scottish accent. Wow. That was one of the things that I did. You know, another thing that I did is I said, I'm going to go back to school. I never went to school after I left when I was 16. I tried engineering. I hated it. I went, I did that for a couple of years. And then, you know, I found Jable in in Livingston and that was their first international location. And they hired me to make the coffee and um, type the letters and put the letters in the envelopes and then take them in the mailbox. And yet, you know, a couple of years later, they sponsored me through a four-year business degree with a two-year master's, and then they asked me to move to the U.S. And so I always knew that finding a way to, to get educated was going to be part of my story, right? And um, because I had a lot of curiosity, mm-hmm. and I knew the work that I was destined to do. I needed to have some depth in my topic. And so that was another part of my story. Um, I left Scotland and went to the U.S. to live. I had never been to the U.S. before and you know, found an apartment on Elmerton Road and <laughs> lived there for a year. And my mum said, you're going to live here? This, 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 what you really want to do? And then, you know, but as soon as I put my feet on the tarmac in Tampa Airport, 
I knew this was going to be home for a very long time. Oh, I, I love that. Mm-hmm. It, sorry, go oh, ahead, Ash. I just wanted to say something because, Audrey, you said something that I feel like is really important. You said you had a lot of, or you have a lot of curiosity. And I think that's so overlooked recently. And I think that if you if you have that curiosity and you attack it and you go after it and you just ask questions, I think that that helps you right on your path, on your journey, on your steps to not being lucky, but but doing you know, doing the things that you need to do to go to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and people will ask me, "What do you mean by curiosity?" And still, you know, I give them some language around it some of the language and the questions you should be asking is, I wonder, I wonder what that could be like. I wonder what could be possible. What if I did this? And so thinking about the language you use and the questions you ask yourself is one thing. But another thing is stepping out of your comfort zone. I was making the coffee and mailing the letters. I also asked the chief people officer, can I sit in on your interviews? That you're doing for external candidates she said why i said i just want to learn how you do it um you know something else i did when i came to florida is i was determined not to be a traditional hr leader i wanted to be a strategic hr professional connected to the business and so i said to the cfo his name was forbes i said can i go with you to the analyst meetings i'll carry your bags i'll do whatever it is I just want to hear what the analysts are saying and how they value this company. And he said, sure. And so one of the other things I say to women leaders is, what is it time for now? Ask for what you need. And the answer is very unlikely to be no. And even if it is no, there's nothing lost. Right, totally. I love that. That's such good advice for for people. I feel like so many times it's like, well, that's not in my job description or that's not my responsibility. But like if you want to work your way up, like be in the office and ask to do more and just like be present and be there. And even if it has nothing to do with your position, if that's where you want to be, go to the meetings or ask to go to the meetings. That's such great advice. And we, we frame that, we have a special framing for that, that we've we've codified it, which is that um, often women's mindsets are that they overvalue hard work. I know when I got up at seven in the morning when I was 16 and I would go to work in the factory, my mom would say to me, Audrey, just work hard and you'll get noticed. Just make sure you get there on time. Don't leave early and just work hard. So it's ingrained into us. And, and what I'm advocating for is work hard and be strategic. What that means is, yes, work hard, but lift your head up and say, where might the opportunities be? Don't raise your hand to take the notes in a meeting. Raise your hand to say, I want to be part of that project team that has high visibility and that's very complex. And that's what we mean by, you know, women can sometimes overvalue hard work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very absolutely. true that I think that's really important to, you know, yeah, do your work and do it well and, and, you know, put your effort into it, but you absolutely need to ask for things or ask to be a part of things, right? Like you said, the worst answer is no, that, you know, just 
kind of understand that, okay, what's the worst case scenario and be okay with that and, and move forward and try. Um, and I feel like that's a lesson I've learned the hard way, like maybe almost recently within the last, you know, five years or so is you got to know where, where your path is and you have to, to make it, you can't just sit there and work hard and expect someone else to, to see it and to bring you up. Yeah. And I think it's this idea of one of the other mindsets that can often hold women back is that they don't dream big enough. Um, we will often ask women leaders, tell us about your career aspirations. Tell us about your goals. Tell us about what you imagine for yourself in the future. And mostly the answer is, I haven't really thought about it. I'm not really sure. I've been struggling with that. Corn Ferry did a, a huge research study where they asked women CEOs um, across the globe, did you know that you wanted to be a CEO before you got into that position? And only 12% knew they wanted to be a CEO. So imagine if we dreamed bigger. Imagine if we had more clarity on our, our goals. And it doesn't need to be defined by a job. It can be defined by fulfillment. It can be defined by the work you love to do. And so imagine how further we could go if if we just took the time to say, what is my big dream? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so interesting. And I love too, so you were at Jable for a long time and you know that's kind of how you got your your foot in the door really like with in that in that world and then you moved to the states and and then you started your own company so that must have been a huge uh leap of faith and in yourself obviously you you knew what you could do and you you did it and left uh jable and started your own company that was a huge you know live bold moment right there as well yeah. And, you know, it was it was fascinating how I, I got there because <clears throat> I always said I would hate it on my own company. I'm never going to be a consultant. And so I remember talking to Tim Main. Um, he was the chairman of the board at the time. And, you know, we were just talking about what might be my, some of my options and what might I think about doing. And um, he said, Audrey, one thing, one piece of advice I would give you is don't take a local job that's only national in scope and don't undersell yourself because you will feel unfulfilled. What I see in you is you've got so much European experience. You've lived in Asia and you have so much Asian experience that I really want to see you leverage that. And I had never really thought about that before, to be honest. And so one of the things I coach women leaders on is Talk to people about your career aspirations because they will help you imagine what you might not even have saw yet. And when Tim said that to me, I thought, wow, I really need to think about that. And then I spoke to one of the other board members and she said, you know, Audrey, you're telling me that you want to stay in St. Pete because your girls are um, in high school and you just came back from Asia. You're telling me you want to be your own boss. You're telling me you want to use your global experience. The answer is blindingly obvious. You need to start your own company. And I said, I would not even know how to do that. And she said, well, go to Office Depot, pin a business card, and just start pounding the pavement. And I said, okay. <laughs> I'm going to try that. And so I, I did. And um, 
the first thing I did was I hired a business coach. I didn't have one purchase order. I didn't have one red cent. I didn't have any customers. I didn't have anything. But what I knew is I could go faster if I had a business coach. And so I hired the business coach. He helped me go faster. And then I created this big dream of I'm not going to be a consultant. I'm going to be a CEO. I'm going to run a consulting practice. We're going to have hundreds of employees and we're going to serve clients across the globe. And at one point, we're going to be the first female unicorn coming out of St. Pete. And so, you know, we started to build that really big dream. And the more people that were part of it, the more the dream expanded. That's amazing. That is amazing. And now you do business with really large organizations like Amazon and Intel and Red Hat and all kinds of great companies. Yeah. One of our um, newest organizations that we're most excited about is eBay. Um, And so we're working with them and they are actually bringing 30 of their women leaders into town for our summit. And so they're going to be joining us. Danielle is their chief talent officer at eBay and she's going to be on a panel. But um, there's there's 30 of their women leaders who are coming here who are going to be part of our, our program. So we, um, we are pretty excited about that. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Exciting. And remind our listeners, when is your event? It's in August. It's here in Tampa. Yes, it's on the 24th of August. It's from 8.30 till 2.30. The theme is authenticity. We have speakers from Microsoft, Amazon. Um, we have speakers from Mayo Clinic, eBay. We have some amazing local speakers. Lutheran Services Florida are going to be taking the stage with us. Tech Data, um, Tampa General. And so it's um, just an incredible mix of very inspiring women leaders who are going to share their story, deeply personal stories um, that, that will inspire the audience to think about how they tell their story. Oh, we need to get that on the calendar. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Sure. That sounds like one that I don't want to miss. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone would want to miss that. That's great. Yeah, um, I was saying details after it but um thank you yeah. l'oreal's joining us oh yes um i like to give a plug for l'oreal because you know i first got to meet them um i first worked with their chro stefan who's parisian but um he was in manhattan and then now they have a great presence in the tampa bay area but largely unknown so um, their CHRO is going to take the stage and then we're going to have a short panel with three women from L'Oreal who, who are going to talk about what is it like to work for a, an incredible organization like L'Oreal who really cares about their women leaders. So that's um, awesome. excited. So now I feel like you have these events and a book that's coming out. Like it's just, it keeps getting bigger and bigger. What's next? Like, what do you envision now? Uh, I mean, our big dream is the World Economic Forum has told us it's going to take 132 years to close the gender gap. That's generational. Last year's statistics that we shaved one year off it, big deal. Mm-hmm. Our mission is, you know, how do we cut that in half? How do we cut that in half as fast as possible? And we don't do it by fixing the women. We do it by getting with the CEOs of these big multinational organizations 
and having them change the conditions inside of organizations. We do it with developing the managers who are managing women leaders to create space for them. And so um, a lot of people think we just develop women leaders. Actually, what we do is focus on closing the gender gap, um, which is very mission oriented for us. Um, and so, you know, we're just talking with a client that we haven't named yet. Um, it's a large multinational, one of the largest multinational um, companies in the world. And they want us to um, help them close the gender gap in India. And so you imagine closing the gender gap and then you imagine putting that cultural nuance on top of that, then it becomes really, you're changing the world. Then, really? then you're really changing the world. And so that's our that's our big dream for for women on their way. Oh, that's exciting. That is exciting. That's really hard when you have that culture issue piece on top of the gender. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yes. So I have a question: Is um, you have you're such an influence to to women and a lot of people now? Like, who was your main influence, or did you have a, a mentor, someone that influenced you? growing up or even as an adult yeah and i think it's evolved over time um i have some personal influences in my life i was raised by my grandmother um the reason i was raised by my grandmother mostly um during the day is because my mom worked in a factory so one of my um heroes is my mom because you know she sacrificed a lot to go to work so that we could have a different life. Um, another one of my heroes is my grandmother. Um, and because she helped raise me to help her daughter do what she needed to do. And I know that's the same for a lot of families. Um, some of my um, other influences and heroes and inspirations is, you know, one of them is Oprah Winfrey. Um, she started as this um, awkward black African-American um, woman who said, you know, I like storytelling, I like writing. And and she was starting to go up against some of the talk, um, the, the talk shows in the US and people would say to her, you're never going to be like them. And she said, I know, and I don't want to be like them. I want to be like me. And, you know, she was interviewed by the CEO of LinkedIn and he said, did you always know that you wanted to own your TV, your own TV network show? And she said, no, heck no. You know, I wanted to write. I wanted to tell stories. And then when I realized I was good at that, I thought, well, maybe I can be on TV. Then when I was on TV, maybe I thought maybe I can have my own show. Then when I had my own show, I thought, well, maybe I can have my own network. And, you know, I tell that story because Oprah's big dream was emergent. She she never started off with this TV network. It, it built over time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one of one of the other women I looked up to look up to is Alicia Keys. Um, she talks about the words that she never uses. She never uses words like, "Well, I'm going to try that. Let me just see if I can do that." She said, "Heck no, I'm not using any of those words anymore." Now I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. This is why I'm doing it. Get out of my way. And so this this idea of changing your own narrative 
um, I, I think is important as well. Mm-hmm. Those are great ones. I'm literally writing that down. Yes. I like that. I didn't realize that Alicia Keys said that or did that. And I'm just thinking, okay, I'm going to try that. That's a new. I think you should try and get it on your podcast. No. Okay. I like that. I like that challenge. Ah, you should follow her. I like I like some of her thinking and she's spent a lot of time working on herself. Um, She didn't get there right away. You know, she talks about her journey and how she got there and her confidence issues and how she built that over time. And we actually have somebody at our summit on the 24th of August. Her name's Tracy Hooper. She's going to kick us off after Gail Guayardo. And her session is words to use and words to to lose. So Ashley, I think you definitely need to be there because I think you would I think you would love that session. Yeah, I'll mm-hmm. be in that session for sure. Have you met Oprah or Alicia Keys yet? No. No. But that's sure gonna happen. Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna tag them on this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll tell you the other person who I love is um Gina Davis. I don't know if you've watched her um, Netflix documentary on this changes everything. You have to watch it. I've watched it a couple of times with my daughters. And we all know Gina Davis is an amazing actress, but she's also an advocate for women leaders. But she does it in a way that's data oriented. She hired Google to write code, to run through all of the movies to identify, you know, where do women get speaking opportunities and how much speaking do they get? And they tie it all back to societal. And, you know, now she's actually, I believe, an advisor for Disney so that she can be advising on The Little Mermaid and and how we're talking about all those things and how our kids are taking that on. And so I really admire the work she's doing because she tackles it from a data perspective. She's not tackling it from an emotional perspective. It's like, here's the data. There is no question. This needs to get fixed. Right. Mm-hmm. These are the facts. And there's yes. no arguing with that. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Well, yeah. Audrey, this has been so amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today and, our, and with our listeners. Uh, we can't wait for the summit, August 24th. We'll put a link on our show notes so that way our listeners can can go there and, and register and attend and to your website and um, your book. When is your book coming out, Audrey? It's um, in final editing right now. So we're thinking probably in about four weeks and it's called Reclaiming the Fire in Your Belly. Mm. And the subtitle is A Practical Guide for Women Leaders Navigating Overwhelm. And I tell some deeply personal stories where I lost the fire in my belly. And I talk about how I got it back and and share that with our readers. Um, as well as the thing that I'm known for most is practical tips. Mm-hmm. What are the practical tips that we can do? So. Oh, I love it. I that's, can't wait. Yeah, yeah that's going to be next on my list. I'm literally... A, no, I can't use that word anymore. I don't want to use literally, but I'm absolutely obsessed with <laughs> reading books now and just getting soaked into just tips and, and write the stories and, and how how to think differently and grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need to live bold boss up a book club because there's so many books that we've like read and have talked to our um, guests about that are just 
so inspirational and I can't wait till your book comes out. So we're looking forward to that. But thank you again, Audrey, as always to our listeners, like subscribe, rate us. And until next time, live bold and boss up.